So I want to tell you where I was when I was supposed to be up here making announcements. I'm introducing Joy this morning, and um, I hadn't really had any chance to talk to her to find out what she would like me to say. So I asked her a few things, and then I went in the back and was writing them down, and then I heard clapping. <laughs> I said, whoops. Um, I keep myself humble that way. I met Joy in 1999, I think. That was when I first came to SWU to work. And um, the first thing I noticed about her, and that you will notice if you don't know her yet, um, is her energy. She is, she's the Wesleyan Energizer Bunny. <laughs> and, and she's no less energetic today than in 1999 when I met her. I don't know how she's doing that. But Joy is the Director of Alumni Relations um, at Southern Western University, and that's what you were in 99, I think, right? So <laughs> you've been doing that a while. And um, she's done a fantastic job. And she's the contact person chair of the, the BYF district level, right? So she takes care of all of that. And we had a great BYF meeting over there a couple of weeks ago. Um, so she does all that. But I think probably... In, oh, also she wanted me to mention that she's ordained in 2014 as a Wesleyan uh, pastor, which is a wonderful thing. Um, and she just returned from India. She might tell us a little bit about that when she speaks. Um, but I think of all the things that I know about Joy is that her name is the right name. She's one of the most joyful people you will ever meet. And you're going to find that out in a few minutes. So I give you Joy Bryant. Well, please note, I did not tell him all of the things that he told you. Um, it is a delight to be with you today. Um, on behalf of Southern Wesleyan University, we love Trinity Wesleyan. Um, and it is just great to be here. We love the Best Years Fellowship. And the closer I get to that, um, that targeted age group, the more I think y'all are the youngest folks in the whole world. So I think starting with the uh, youth announcements was the perfect thing this morning, Jerry. Well, I just want you to know that God is good on the days that it's uh, beautiful and you've got things to celebrate, and He is God on the days that are difficult. And um, if we uh, have been around long enough, then we have seen difficult days, have we not? Well, I had one of those difficult days on Friday, and many of you have come to me today, and you have expressed your sympathy. Um, I had a, a dear, dear relative of mine. Um, how many of you just love your cousins? You love your cousins. Yeah, that makes us smile. Sometimes you love your cousins more than your brothers and sisters. Son. Don't, don't punch the person beside you. Don't do that. Um, but, you know, my first cousin, Frankie, uh, he was killed in a car accident or a motorcycle accident on Thursday night. And I got that word on Friday morning. And, you know, we were scheduled. Many of you know Southern Wesleyan's graduation was Friday. I had a busy day from daylight to dark. And, you know, um, everything in me, the human side of me, just wanted to curl up and stay home and just cry. 
But you know what? I said, Lord, this is the day the Lord has made. And even on the hard days, my family member is with you. There's no doubt. So today, um, as our family is still kind of um, working through the details of some of that difficulty and some of that news, um, we are, are, our hope is not found in the things of this earth. Our hope is found on Jesus Christ, and our strength is in Jesus Christ. And on difficult days, people come alongside you. And so as you are going through the different seasons of your life, you may find that you need others. And let me tell you, oftentimes, whether you think you need others or not, it is a gift and a blessing when you will allow others to come alongside you and do for you, even though I know some of us are really independent, we like to do for ourselves. Sometimes we act like two-year-olds because someone wants to do something for us, and how do we say, I can do that myself. I don't need your help. I was going to help a lady a couple of weeks ago. We were having a special event, and uh, she had come, and she was sitting down, and she was struggling to get back up. All I was going to do is take her by the arm and help her up. She jerked her arm, and she said, I can do it myself. And I thought, well, just because you can don't mean you should. And uh, I have told my kids that many times. Well, I want to share with you, uh, much like Jerry mentioned, we have had a week of emphasis for prayer and unity in our community and across the nation. And just like we have um, talked about prayer and unity, I want to talk about the relatives of prayer and unity today, and I want to share with you about love and legacy. So prayer and unity and love and legacy. And if you are taking notes, uh, you see that your, your page in your bulletin is blank. That's because you get to draw stick figures. Um, you know, some of you are going to doodle anyway. I'm just giving you permission. Um, and so that blank page today is for you to put little stick figures representing your family. Now, if you want that to just be your immediate family, or if you want to add grandma and grandpa or some of your cousins, you go ahead. Just kind of do your little stick figures there, and we're going to talk about the names of those people. Oh, don't get ahead of me. Don't be writing little words down yet. Just the stick figures will be just fine. I want you to be reminded that, um, you know, all of us can, or actually we should, um, in the family of God, we should work as a unit. But sometimes there is, um, there is strain in the family, just like there's strain in your family, maybe in, in your immediate family or in the extended family. Things happen, and, um, and you, you'll call up some. I can't believe they did that. I just can't believe it. Have you ever said, don't, don't answer that. Don't answer that if you've ever made those calls. But, you know, life happens. And if we are wanting to have prayer and unity in our nation and in our schools, it usually has to come back to our, our churches and our homes. And much like um, um, that we've talked about prayer and unity, I want to bring to you the idea of love and legacy. So if you're taking notes, love and legacy is really where I want us to land this morning. And we're going to go to Colossians in just a moment. So if you want to turn in your Bibles or on your Bible app or some of that, um, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3 in just a moment. 
But I want you to recognize that as we paint the picture of our families, as we paint the picture of our extended families, um, there's probably at least one or two people that you could identify as the prayer warriors in your family. So if you were drawing the little stick figures on your blank page, you may want to put the PW up there, prayer warrior, for that one. And maybe that was um, mom or maybe that was dad. Maybe that is, maybe that's the kids because they're the only ones in the house praying. You see, oftentimes we forget that it is like the little children that we should come into the Lord. And it is the faith of a child that teaches us how to pray. They pray exactly what they're looking for, right? They, they don't hold anything back, and I think that's how God wants us this morning. He didn't want us to hold anything back. He wants us to bring it all to Him. He wants us to bring the good and the bad because, you know, He knows the desires of our heart. And so when you're writing on your little pages and you, uh, you write PW beside one, uh, Prayer Warrior, maybe there's another one that that kind of keeps the family together. Think about it for just a moment. Who is the unity person in your family? Who's the one that's always bringing the family together? Well, you, you're, it's time to put a dinner together. And so that's the one that's got the menu. And that's the one that's going to tell you who's bringing the roast and who's bringing the green beans. Um, but it's also the one that when there's crisis, they will call everyone together as well. Prayer and unity. Well, in the scripture today, we're going to talk a little bit about legacy. But if you are Googling um, and you, you put legacy in of how, where can I find legacy in the scripture? You know how many times you're going to find that in the scripture? None. You won't find legacy in the scripture. But you can find the things that uh, will help us to understand what is, a, what is it that we're leaving um, in this life. And so today, as we honor our best year's fellowship, um, no one is guaranteed a long life. No one is guaranteed that 70, 80, or 90 years. Um, like my, my cousin Frankie, he was 53 years old. But let me tell you, he is leaving a legacy. If you put in um, your phone and you do a search for um, Frank Dodson, you would find the investigator Dodson who was killed tragically on a hit-and-run motorcycle accident. And you will hear about the community where he was the only Dodson in his community. Now, there's a lot of us up here in Pickens area, but he was alone for the last 30 years in that community, and he made a difference. How do I know he made a difference? Because they've already dropped the flags at half staff. That means there was a, a man of honor, a man of dignity, a man who made a difference in the community. Now, when we talk about legacy in the church, we talk about one who made a difference. We honored one this morning who has given to the Best Years Fellowship over and over and over. And just because I coordinate some things for the district, I always have much smarter and wiser people close by. And I have um, Jim Wiggins on speed dial on my phone, and I can show you that if you would like to see it. But let me tell you, today I don't want us to talk about leaving a legacy. 
If you're taking notes, I want you to write down what it means to um, be living a legacy. It's not leaving a legacy. It is living a legacy. What you do day in and day out. How you treat others day in and day out. How you interact with the community day in and day out. And as we look um, to the scripture, you know, God has a sense of humor. Um, I don't know if you knew that or not, but he does. He has a sense of humor. And as I was writing this sermon this week, um, I said, you know, Lord, I love the fruits of the Spirit. But, you know, if I was writing the scripture, I'd have probably said the nuts of the Spirit. (laughs) You know, as we're talking about, uh, or maybe Fruit Loops. Have you ever called anybody a Fruit Loop or a nutty person? Um, You know, our personalities are a reflection of God. You know why? Because we are created in His image. And as we talk about the things um, of our legacy, and as we talk about giving back, and as we talk about celebrating, I want you to be reminded that all of the things that create who we are, there is a reflection of God in it. Now, if you've got your scripture open by now in chapter 3 of Colossians, I want to share with you several different verses. And so bear with me as we walk through the scripture. You see, there is nothing more important that you can hear today than the word of God. It is not about what I say uh, or nor how I deliver it, but it is the word of God that is active and alive. It is the Word of God that will be your nourishment for your soul. Just like you um, need breakfast or lunch or dinner, or if it's me, a few snacks in between. You need the Word for your soul. And if you are not feeding on the, the, uh, the Word of the Lord, then your soul is dry. Your soul could be starving. And if you're wondering why you're not living your legacy, it may be because you're not fueling your legacy. And so this morning, I want you to start with me, chapter 3 of Colossians, verse 2. It says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You see, we get so called up in what's Um, The next thing we can purchase, the one who dies with the most toys wins. That is not true. The one who dies giving everything they have away to uh, those who are in need, that's the true winner. That's the one who, if there is a need, you're the first one to offer help and the last one that wants recognition for it. You see, I just love set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I want you to slide down to verse 5. It says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. You see, we have some natural tendencies that we've kind of grown up with. And some of those are good, and some of those are not so good. And I want you to just be reminded today that God is still working on you. I don't care if you're 8 or 80. I don't care if you're 19 or 99. If you're still here, God's not done with you yet. If he was done with you, you'd already be on the other side. So if you're still here today and you um, are, are just wanting to know, God, what is it? What is it that you want from me He wants your dedication to him, number one. 
He wants you to rid yourself of some of these earthly things, those earthly natures. If you look at verse 8, it says, By now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Hang on, hang on. You might want to pull your feet up because we might start stepping on some toes. I didn't call the pastor, and he hadn't given me a list of names, but I feel certain in a crowd this size, we've got some folks that are struggling with a few of these things. Rid yourself of such things as anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language from your lips. Verse 9 Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew. I want you to stop right there. I want you to realize that there is some things that there's just no place for in a man and woman of God. And though we are not perfect beings, we are human beings, there is room for us to take responsibility for our own attitude and our own actions. Now, years ago, I probably shouldn't tell you this from the pulpit, but I'm going to because somebody might just need to hear it. Years ago, I went to the doctor. And I said, doctor, you're going to have to do something. He said, why, Joy, what's going on? I said, my hormones are out of balance. And uh, he said, well, we could do something about that. And I said, if you don't, I'm going to hurt somebody. And he said, well, um, have you, have you considered, are you thinking of hurting yourself? I said, oh, no, it ain't me I'm worried about. (laughs) He said, do I need to call your husband? I said, no, he's well aware of this. Do I get an amen from this corner over here? But whose responsibility was it to take care of my attitude and my actions? It was mine. You see, God has given wisdom to doctors and nurses and a medical team. And if you are not in balance, then you need to get help. I can promise you we have volunteered to be poster children for some Cymbalta because had it not been for that, I probably would be a divorced woman today and my husband would be looking for a nicer, kinder woman. But I'm telling you, God for a season had to use medicine to straighten me out. There is a time and a place for those things. And we don't want to talk about mental issues. And we don't want to talk about emotional issues. But God wants you to be the best you that you can be. And if you're not taking care of you, then you're definitely not living a legacy. And when it comes time for somebody to stand in a pulpit like this and preach a a funeral over you, don't make them have to make things up. Make them want to say the good things about you because they far outweigh these earthly natures that Colossians is talking about. As we continue reading in uh, Colossians chapter 3, it says here in verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion 
and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Now, if you've got your little paper that you've been making the little stick people for your family members, now you may have went ahead and wrote some names above those little stick figures. Maybe you have put that there was a prayer warrior in the unity. And once we hit those earthly nature ones, the one that anger and malice and a liar, you may have some of those in your family too. But I want you to know that if you want to know what the the formula is for living a legacy, then it's about letting go of the earthly nature. And it's about clothing yourself putting on things like compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Well, let me warn you, don't pray for patience if you're not willing to go through some trials. The only way you get that particular gift is through difficulty. I used to say um, when I was walking through difficult times, I don't know who is praying for me today, but I wish they'd hush because they must be praying for patience. Be careful what you pray for. You just might get it. You just might get it. And I want you to be reminded that as we grow in the Lord, whether that's the eight-year-old that's just give their heart to the Lord, these are the things that we want to be clothed with. Have you ever said, oh, when I grow up, I want to be like that person? I had an 80-year-old tell me that the other day. When I grow up, I want to be like you. I'm like, Wait a minute, you're already there. They're like, I want to continue to grow to be found faithful. I want to live the legacy. I don't want to leave it to chance that I might leave something that others would not appreciate or even want to talk about. As we come um, to verse uh, 13, It says, bear with each other and forgive one another. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now we're starting to get meddling. We're meddling in people's business. You see, we hold on to bitterness and anger and resentment for far too long. Somebody offends us, and we get all worked up about it, and we don't know how to release that. Well, let me tell you, that will only destroy you and your testimony. If the Lord is working on you right now, and and the, the back of your neck just got hot, maybe it's you that we're talking about today. Maybe you're holding a grudge, and you've come into this sanctuary, and you sit on one side of the church because that other person is sitting over there on the other side. You don't want to talk to them. They said something about you. They did this to your family. There's been a problem. You say, Joy, what are you talking about? That happens in the church. There is a discord that happens often in churches. And you know what? That is the enemy's playground. And there is no place for the enemy in God's house. And if you bring that kind of bitterness and anger and resentment and shame on your back into this sanctuary, then you've just given the enemy a free ride to come sit right on the pew and to jump off of you and to get on somebody else because your attitude, whether good or bad, is contagious. So if we're going to live a legacy, let's start identifying what kind of legacy we want to live. We want to live that 
prayer and unity, that love and legacy. The scripture gives us a real clear definition. I told you that if you looked up legacy um, on the Google for how many times you can find that. I went to the Bible, um, Bible Gateway, I think is what I use, and I put legacy. How many times did that come up? Zero. But how many times when I put the word love in, over 686 clicks for for the, uh, the word love. So though you might not find legacy in the scripture, we know what kind of legacy God has given us and gifted us for. You say, I just don't know if I can do that. Not in your own strength, but when God has come into your life um, and, and he has redeemed you, then you can let go of your earthly um, natures and you can clothe yourself with these new natures. We can clothe yourself with this gentleness and this kindness and this compassion and this patience. The beautiful words of the scripture. I want to bring us back to verse 14 and it says, And all these virtues, over all of these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Some of you, um, you have a gift of putting quilts together. You like quilts, and, and, um, and you can do that with old shirts or ties or, or pieces of cloth, and it's, it's a reminder of, of this person or that person or this event or that event. Well, for every quilt that's put together, there's usually a feeling behind that. And that, that feeling, um, I want you to imagine that um, as love. And all of the pieces of the front of your quilt are your life's experience, the, the legacy that you're living. And inside that, you're going to put that, you're going to put love that's going to bind that together. And then you have to put a piece of cloth that goes around the edge and kind of like a framework around there. And, and that's the unity. So if you're putting a word picture with this today, you've got all the different seasons of your life as the different quilt patterns on the front. you got love that God has given you that's going to stuff the back, the, the feeling. And then the Holy Spirit's going to put the backing on. And then with the Trinity, we're just going to come right around the edging and bring unity. You see... When it says clothe yourself in these things, I just imagine being wrapped up in them. I don't know about you, but I have a favorite blanket. You could probably just call me Linus. I like to carry my blanket around everywhere I go. There's something comforting about a blanket. You grandparents understand you keep one close by for the grandkids. So when they fall asleep on the couch, you just cover them up. You just want them to feel safe and loved. Well, don't you know that today our Heavenly Father wants you to feel safe and loved today? He wants you to have that love and unity, but He wants you to live your legacy so that whenever you are gone, there will not be anyone that has to wonder, where is it that he or she is spending eternity. You see, we all have two addresses. I heard this just recently. One is a physical address and one is a spiritual address. And there's only two options for your spiritual address. And you can't live on somebody else's soul. You have to live your soul 
and your relationship with God is personal. And so I want you to know that as we are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, that we have compassion and that we have humbleness and we have um, uh, gentleness and we have patience, that we bear one another's burdens and we forgive one another. We put on love that binds us together in perfect unity. I want you to know that God has given us an opportunity to rid ourselves of those things. You remember uh, that, are, that are the earthly things. Um, if you highlight in your Bible, you may want to go back to verse 7. And that one little word, three letters, rid, R-I-D, rid. How many of you like to do um, spring cleaning? You like to rid yourself of the, the dust and the dirt. Well, if you like that, see me in the lobby and I'll take you home with me. Um, I'll give you some spring jobs to do. But I want you to know that as we wrap up our time together, that if there is some things in your life, whether you are 18 or 80, 9 or 99, that God has a plan for your life. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, it is not about what you want to do with your life. It's about what God wants to do through you. And if, if you're to a point and you retired from some things or, or you have um, gone through and, and you're just ready to coast on into heaven, Well, I want to shake you up today. you got to rid yourself of that attitude because God wants to use you more today than he's ever used you. He needs you to be the prayer warriors for those that are working 90 hours a week. He needs for somebody to be interceding and helping. Don't give up on those who seem to be lost causes. Reverend Mark Wilson said recently in a message that he was delivering, uh, he talks about the treasures of of life, that we are we are treasures of God, and that we are not lost causes, we're lost treasures. Who are you needing to start and to pray for? Because everybody else has given up on them. As a BYFer, then I would suggest that that would be our jobs is to pray without ceasing. Pray for the children and the grandchildren, for the neighbors, for the people we run into at the, at the restaurants. I want you to know that when you rid yourself of things, the R.I.D., there is opportunity there to just put some words with R.I.D. When I was looking at that this week and I was thinking of R, I was thinking that I recognize, recognize who I am, that I need to be ready for some things. I need to rest in the Lord, and I need to be um, testifying to the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. I look at the eye, and I say, I'm building a legacy. I'm living it. I'm living it. In a blink of an eye, everything we know is normal can change. That call that came into my house at 7.15 on Friday, a blink of an eye. I was celebrating a new day. I had had my devotions. I had done some exercise, and the phone rang, and everything changed in a blink of an eye. In Jesus, I'm alive. In Jesus, not in the things of this world, but the things in my heavenly world. I can't wait to get there, but I want to be found faithful while I'm here. 
Because it is in the blood of Jesus that I've made clean. So if you've been writing things for the R, it was recognized and ready and rest and redeemed. If you've been looking at the I, it was I'm building a legacy. Or in a blink of an eye, in Jesus I'm alive. And in the blood I'm made clean. And then finally today in the D. The D is to rid yourself of the old and allow God to bring in the new, then you can be delivered. Delivered. You have to be dead to yourself. You have to decide to give up. Give up your right to be angry. Get up your, give up your right to, um, to have an attitude. You give up your right to get even. You say, well, you just don't know what they did to me. Does it really matter? Does it really matter what they did or what they said? In the big scheme of things, it's time to release yourself of that. And in Jesus, you can be delivered. That you can release the earthly natures of anger and bitterness and shame and resentment. And that you can deed your life to Jesus and be clothed in compassion and kindness in humility, and in patience. You see, Jerry mentioned that I just got back from India. And I'd like to close with this story um, of, of an experience that I had there. God is still the same God that he was yesterday, today, and forever. And when I was in India, um, I had opportunity to see um, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in some very unique ways. There were healings of a child, and, and there were um, deliverances for an, uh, a young girl who was, um, had unclean spirits just attacking her. We had opportunity to see salvations of uh, individuals. And there were two ladies, a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law, that got saved while we were there in one of the, the uh, villages. And I got word this past week that those two ladies had gone out into their community, their little village. And in the next week, those two salvations turned into four more. You see, they ridded themselves of the old nature. And they testified, even though it could cost them everything because in India there is not the freedom of uh, prayer and freedom of unity there for the Lord it is a dangerous thing well I also got word for a young man uh, actually he was a, a, an elderly he would be classified as a BYFer and he had been crippled two years ago he had um, his legs had been crippled and he walked on a cane and he came to us and asked for prayer. And he said, my legs feel like fire is in them. My legs feel like fire. He, he struggled to walk. He had a cane. He said, would you just pray? Well, when somebody says, will you just pray? They're asking you to do the most amazing thing ever because prayer changes things. I remember going out, and, and he sat on the front, um, front porch of this little house church. And I knelt down in front of him. He had no shoes on. And I remember taking my hands and placing them on his ankles. 
And I remember praying that, God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the one who healed the cripple whenever you walk this earth. If it would be pleasing to you, Lord, strengthen these ankles and the ligaments and the muscles. I remember moving my hands from this man's feet and ankles up to the calves of his legs and then landing them on his knees as I prayed. It was over. He picked up his cane. He walked away hobbling. And I thought, Lord, in your time, in your time, I received word this week that our host in India, his name is Rupak. Some of you met him. He actually was here at the National Day of Prayer on Thursday. He said, Joy, do you remember the man that came and had fire in his legs? He was crippled and he walked on the cane. I said, yes, I remember. He said, I visited the village a couple of weeks after you left. He said, I want you to know that the man is testifying to healing. He doesn't walk with a cane anymore, and he walks without a limp. God is good all the time. I don't know what your testimony is, but would you consider today to rid yourself of some of those earthly things that's holding you back from living your legacy? Let's pray together. Lord, this day is about you, not necessarily about me or the BYF, but God, this is your time. And if you have chosen to use the words of the scripture to come through my mouth and land on the ears of these young people and these young adults and, and those that are in middle class and then the, those who are in the senior best years fellowship group, Lord, I praise you today because you're still working on me and you're still working on my friends here at Trinity and you're still healing. And Lord, I pray that you would just rid us of all things that is not pleasing to you. If that should be your prayer today, I would just ask that you lift your hands toward heaven and you would just say, Lord, use me. Lord, take me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, use me and all that I am able to do through the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. For it is in Jesus' name we rid ourselves of the earthly nature and we clothe ourselves with a beautiful prayer of unity, love, and legacy. For it is in Jesus Christ's name we pray this prayer and we receive this blessing and anointing. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to be with you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his face upon you. And may when you leave here today, may you go living your legacy. Amen? Amen.